0: would be an epic waste for this episode trying to sell you on how good Eric Carlson is. So I'm not going to bother doing that. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Carlson, the reigning Norris Trophy winner, might as well have the Norris Trophy as a guest in his home for the next few years. That's how amazingly productive this defenseman, one of the great defensemen in NHL history, has become 102 points for a pretty lousy San Jose team this past season. Scored a bunch of those points against the Penguins, I should add. Going back to his days in Ottawa, he's pretty much just unstoppable when it comes to his offense. You'll see the occasional hiccup defensively. You'll see the occasional, let's say he's not exactly all in inside his own zone. But what you won't see, at least not unless you're looking for it, is that he'll lead the NHL in defenseman-blocked shots year after year after year. And you might think to yourself, I don't see that guy going down to block shots. He doesn't. But the way the metric is tabulated, they include shots that are blocked with the stick. And the guy's hand-eye coordination is just through the roof. It's not just his shooting. It's not just his passing. It's the way he uses the stick in the defensive zone. And from there... Once he does make a play, his ability to transition to the other end, whether via pass or whether via skating up the rink himself, is unparalleled. Wow, I told you I wasn't going to. Okay, <laughs> all right, I did anyway, because I'm just picturing watching the guy play, and it's just a joy. And trying to picture him playing in a Pittsburgh sweater, it's it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I go back to when the Penguins acquired Paul Coffey in the late 80s from Edmonton, and the first thought, and those of you who are experienced enough as hockey fans I'm sure can back me on this one, when the trade happened, when Coffey came here from the Oilers, the feeling. That night at the Civic Arena, watching him out there with 77 on his back, he wore 7 in Edmonton, he wore 77 here. Don't ask. Let somebody else tell you, okay? But he he wore 77 here, right? And when you saw it, your thought was, I can't believe this. Even in a... I don't want to say more than seeing Mario, but in a different way than seeing Mario. Because Mario was was ours from the very start. Coffee was the guy you were watching score a zillion points and win all the cups on that phenomenal dynasty Edmonton team. And seeing him in Pittsburgh, seeing him in the black and gold was like, wow. That's the way I think of if Carlson were to come here, which is why I just kind of throw it out of my head. But there are circumstances involved in this, and they are not as unfavorable to acquiring him as some might think. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Carlson is under contract through the 2026-27 NHL season, and he's under contract at $11.5 million as a cap hit each year. That is a lot-o cap hit, my friends, for a long time. As a result, Mike Greer and the San Jose front office don't exactly have a list of suitors. I'm not even mentioning the limited no trade clause and stuff like that that becomes a variable. They don't have this long line outside of SAP Center saying, please give us Carlson, because most teams can't do this. Most teams can't even come up with this deal, and the ones that can— the ones that have the cap space, the ones that have the younger players and everything else to give, they're not contending this year or next year. So they don't need Carlson. The Penguins do. The Hurricanes do. And that's why you hear Those two teams, the devils come up in that conversation. It's it's in that bracket. Now, are the Penguins as good as those other two teams? No, obviously not. But the Penguins have to view themselves as a team that's going for it now for what I would hope at this point are very obvious reasons. So what's the deal that you offer to Greer and the Sharks? What do you say to them? Well, listen, first thing you got to do is make this cap hit work because we ain't got the cap space for him. So you got to take Mikhail Grandlin. Let's start there. Just get him off of our hands. And let's make Jeff Petrie the other one. And there's, there's the 11 million. Boom. Just like that. Just like that. Now, how do you sweeten the pot? How do you make it worth San Jose's while? Because they are giving up a hell of a player. And even though the Sharks have tacitly admitted to the hockey world that they're going to be tanking, no pun intended there, kids. I feel like there should be like bells and whistles that went off with that one anyway, right? The Sharks tanking. You're going to see the Sharks not want to embarrass themselves in the exchange. Same as what happened in the Timo Meyer trade. So they're going to need a lot of prospects, a lot of picks, or some kind of mix, one or both. Now, the Penguins obviously don't have prospects. We've been over that all week long. I talked about uh, both of them. So there's not much to give there. But they do have draft picks. Everybody's got draft picks. How many do you want to give up? How many of the really, really early ones do you want to give up? There's going to be a first rounder in the mix. There might be more than one first rounder in the mix. Do you do that if you're Kyle Dubas? Do you do that if you're... I don't know. See, I keep coming back to this same debate slash discussion point as to what's too much to give up? to try to pull this off over the last two, three years. And I always pull myself back by saying the odds of the penguins having lightning strike, not twice, but three times because it happened with Mario and Yarmir Yager and that generation. Then it happened a second time with Sid and Gino and Latang and flower and that generation do we really think there's gonna be a third one in our lifetimes you see what i'm saying you still got them here they're not what they were but they're hardly bad and if you put enough around them you see you see what this does every single time when we come back j1q From Michael, who says, DK, I'm pleased to see how Owen Pickering has added muscle and weight. Is he going to make it to Wilkes-Barre Scranton to continue his development? No, he won't, Mike, and it's not because he hasn't earned it or whatever. There's just a rule or an agreement, I should say, between the NHL and the three major Canadian junior hockey leagues that a player can't be sent to the minors until he's 20 years old the reasons for that is to try to make sure that that feeder system stays in place and that the nhl doesn't cut off its nose despite its face it's been successful for a lot of years the league's best talent for a lot of years for a ton of years like forever has come from those loops so barring an incredible Development where Pickering would make the team out of training camp, and that's not going to happen. He's going to head back to the WHL for the coming season. Now, he could and likely will end up at Wilkes-Barre-Scranton by season's end, and I say that because he just did that last season. There are ways to bring the player up and allow them to experience the pros, experience uh, the The rigors really of defending in the pros, the urgency that comes with that. There used to be, not so long ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago it began to fade, but there used to be a feeling that a defenseman in particular, more than any other position on the ice, needed to spend at least one season in the AHL to get out of their system all of the eh, I don't need to defend that hard kind of tendencies to them. The last guy that I remember that being a, a big issue for was Brooks Orpic when he was a first-round pick of the Penguins, and they needed him so badly in Pittsburgh. And the and the defense core was so, so bad. And it seemed like a perfect situation to have him come up and play right away and everything else. And he still put in his season two full seasons in fact before he came up and stayed the national hockey league for a wonderful career that's really not the case anymore because the emphasis is now on mobility and point production and being able to pinch and being able to still cover when you pinch and all that other stuff pickering's not going to be that player pickering is going to have to be outstanding defensively. So, I have a feeling that you're going to see Pickering when he does make it to the AHL. Well, I, not just a cameo like this past season or what he'll encounter this coming season. I think you're still going to see Pickering have a full AHL season before he gets to Pittsburgh. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll be back with another one on Monday.